right. Oh, did I break it? Oh, crap, I broke it. There's our intro. Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the RC Roundtable for another fun-filled episode. Joining me is Lee Ray. <laughs> I think I'm just going to officially change my name because Fitz has really pushed it together now. Like, if you go back a couple episodes, it's Lee Ray, Lee Ray. Now it's Lorray. 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 It's like Madonna. That's my name, just one Lee word. Ray. Lorray. Lorray. Lee Ray. Lee Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's just Lee, but yes, I'm here. <laughs> All right, and Turdon. 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 Also present. Lira. And of course, myself, Grog. <laughs> yeah, yours doesn't really smush that well. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's got too many syllables. So, How is but, everybody doing? How is everybody doing? How are y'all coping? Y'all been Lee, okay? Lee, do you know who I can call to turn off the sun for like a couple hours a day? <laughs> oh my God. I'm jumping right to this because I, you guys just don't get to enjoy the, the wonderful text we send each other just to keep ourselves amused. But Fitz sent us over a, a thermometer. What do you call it? It's not a call a thermometer. What is it called? It's, a, it's an infrared thermometer. One infrared, of those little handheld <laughs> thermometer things. He's shooting at objects in his garage. They're like at 3,000 degrees or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. No, you yeah. had, you pointed at something that was 130 degrees in your garage? Yeah, like, the ceiling. Oh, my gosh. The, the, the bare ceiling is 130. And then I've been experimenting with uh, what we call the radiant barrier stuff. Actually, somebody gave me some radiant barrier, just like a half a roll or something. And I said, hey, you know, I've been kind of meaning to, to muck, to do something about the put some insulation or something up there. And I've been reading about it. Radiant Barry is actually a really good for dropping the heat quite a bit from the infrared uh, spectrum. So I threw some, I put up a couple of patches between the rafters and that's what you saw. I, I shot the heat gun or the thermometer gun at the, the radiant barrier part. And then the, the, the bare part. And it was such a difference. It's, hmm. it's, it's, you know, even after it heat soaked for a while. Yeah, because the first thing I showed you was like it was like a kind of in the morning, and it was about a ten or so degree difference. And I said, "Well, that's not too bad." But I let it sit, and I came back at about was it three o'clock, two or three o'clock ish, like Lee suggested. And I hadn't done anything, and I pointed it at it because it had got nice and hot. And you saw there was like a thirty degree difference or forty wow. degree. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mentioned it to you, and you didn't seem to have an issue with it, but I put radiant barrier barrier on my garage door. I had a single door at my old house, and it faced due west, and it was extremely hot in there. And it did help, uh, but it did add a lot of weight to my door, and you you said it didn't you didn't have any issues with that. Did you put it on your door? Or just no, no, the... no. I don't have any on the door yet. I have some stuff I'm going to put on the door, but I, I've been more concerned with the ceiling. The door faces south west so there's not a whole lot of sun on the door until sort of later in the day and just a little bit so it's not a big deal but i still plan on doing it but that roof man that roof is you know it's the workshop is just unbearable to do anything in and even if i i let the doors vent lift them up a little bit let them vent out and 
And I've got that little AC in there, but it's just so humid and hot that the AC just can't really do anything. Even if it's like 8 o'clock at night, it just doesn't really cool down. Well, uh, I've, I've been there, my friend, and I certainly feel for you. But yeah, those little temperatures you sent me, I was like, oh, my God, I just wanted to send you a big chunk of ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, funny. I've still got some of the models that I built in my garage workshop when I lived in Houston. And almost all of them, you can find these spots in the paint where sweat had dripped off my forehead while I was painting it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I'll, we'll touch on this later. So this this is a, a little uh, sneak talk, but uh, I'll just tell you that my 3D printed aircraft would not have survived in your garage because I had left the 337 in the back of my Suburban oh. after our flight. And oh, no. you should see that wing now. <laughs> we'll we'll touch on that later but boy was it like frosty you, in the greenhouse if, <laughs> yes it's got some if roll you, built into it yeah you do not want to be building 3d printed aircraft in fitz's garage no <laughs> no not a 3d printed safe zone it is hot so <laughs> yeah so I, I, that's you know it's i'm sort of to catch 22 because now i really need it but it's too hot to do anything except for like a couple hours in the morning uh, but when it's nice out, I'm not going to need it. When it coo- when it finally cools down, it's like, well, I might I'm in danger of procrastinating. But I need I really need to discipline myself and put this stuff up when the weather gets nicer. All right. Well, but, I'm interested to hear how it um, how it works yeah. once it's all put up. Yeah, I've also been talking to a friend. We were talking about I wanted to put better air conditioning in there in the garage. And, yeah, in the garage. And so we were kind of going back and forth between quote unquote window units, but I don't have any windows. And what, what Lee has a split, what do you call it? A mini split? Yes, a mini split. Yeah, mini so, split. So, yeah, we were talking about the pros and cons of doing either or. And uh, we were doing some rough calculations and whatnot and how many BTUs I need and that kind of stuff. So, and that's all the, the BTUs. <laughs> I need all the BTUs. So that's the next step, too, is to increase the air conditioning capacity as well. All right. So. You might have to wear a jacket in there. I only wish. <laughs> so I've already started sealing. I put some seals around the garage doors. So when they close, they seal up. There's no more big gaps all around the edges. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a slow process. And I put some sealant around. The, there's some air gaps around the door, the side door. Just, yeah, so sure. I'm just kind of a slow process of trying to insulate it and stuff. So All right. anyways, I'll give you an update when I do more. All right. Well, good so anyways, luck. So yes, it's hot. Lee and I live here in Houston and it's just been brutal the past couple of weeks. So of course, Lee wouldn't know anything about that with this nice air conditioned garage. Well, I've had shop. it go out twice. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel the pain when it disappears on me. And he has to pay the power bill. Oh yeah. Well, I that you know, if you find a way to seal that garage properly and uh get yourself a mini split, they the the I'm sure the newer ones even more efficient, but that thing runs a lot and my energy bill did not climb very much once I had it running. So, hmm. all right. You know, good, good luck morning. to you. All right, thanks. So, let's uh get on to the show. There was a couple of new items that popped up the past week or so. Uh, hope you guys had a take, chance to take a look. First nope. one I'll talk about. No, no, nope. we're going to cold. Huh? No, I'm going to throw out all kinds of questions, but I haven't looked at it. So oh, I hope you read. All right, so both of them are fairly large. Starting with 
the Pitts S2B from Horizon. This is a big thing. 70-something inch wingspan Pitts biplane. Meant for 50 to 60cc size power plants. Uh, they even have a combo that includes, a, I guess, a twin cylinder uh, DLE 60. Ooh. As an option. Yeah. That's, that's pretty snazzy. I uh, saw some flight videos of it. Nice. Looks like a really nice flying plane. Really, really snappy aerobatics, but uh, guys doing knife edges, low passes across the runway. And, uh, it gets up in the air real quick. Looks like a really nice, well-handled handling plane. Uh, it's all balsa supply covered with ultra coat. Uh, I don't know if there's anything we're Margo, they do say you have, they have provisions for electric if you want to do electric. Okay. Uh, they have, a, I guess, a 50cc electric motor on 12 cells is what they're recommending. Now, is the S2B full-scale a two-seater? Uh, ooh, good question. It looks like a two-seater, doesn't it? I thought I saw it a picture does. somewhere of somebody standing next to a real one. Huh. All right, you keep talking. I'll find yeah. out. Yeah, let's take a look. Um, Lee, did you get a chance to take a look at it? Thoughts? It's red. Red and white. <laughs> yes. Look at that red. Look at all that red. Hey, I this like is red. the classic Pitts trim scheme. That's a red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, gee, okay. Don't uh, get technical with us then. I, you know, if you're a listener to the show, <laughs> I'm not a big. That's right. You're not a biplane guy. I'm, right? not, I'm not a biplane guy. So I really just, I'll let you guys talk just it out. Biplanes well, in general? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Not a big, yeah. I didn't know you had a beef with biplanes. I don't have a beef. I just, it's not Sounds a Sounds like you have a just, beef. It's, it's kind of like you and 747s. You don't care for 747s, right? <laughs> I'm not against them. <laughs> well, if Fitz it, it, was talking about them, I'd join in. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a bi- it's a biplane. It's red. There, I've I've done it. Well, it, <laughs> it's it's a single seat. It's got a well, pilot come, and a and a canopy. Well, come on, if somebody's <laughs> been to a lot of air shows. You got to have some appreciation for the pits, at least. Uh, oh, jeez. Hopefully, yay. Uh, if okay if if you if we're gonna go to this direction and really get off the like new product i'm gonna say a christian eagle impresses me more how's that uh hey i had a chance to fly christian eagle though a hangar nine one last weekend a fellow club member had one said hey you want to try it and uh that's an interesting plane to fly you didn't even pause (laughs) by the way the s2b is a single seater the S2C is the two-seater. Oh, I wonder why it, the cockpit looks like it's a two-seater, the way it's presented. Oh, I said single-seater just because I saw one pilot. But, you know, We're see, not, look, yeah, you, right. you got me talking about this thing, and that was that was your mistake. <laughs> oh, now you have more to say? <laughs> no, I'm just saying I, I already screwed up. I'm just, I said how red it was, and I should have just stopped right there. But you just no, mentioned it right. looks like it's a two-seater. So It is. The, cut, the, the model very clearly is a two-seater. Well, there you there's go. Just, See? There's two um, control panels. And the guy's in the back seat. Oh, my God. We just lost half our listeners. <laughs> well, hey. Continue. It's, it's nice. It's big. It's a biplane. Uh, look at the video. It flies really nice. I was, I was enjoying the day and night. Whoever was flying it was done. Could have been Gary Wright. He looks like he's hiding behind the plane. Yeah, uh, he's an okay pilot. He's he, He'll do. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably listening to us, shaking his fists. Uh, <laughs> that <laughs> damn Gary, if that was you, <laughs> you'd on, on that bits. <laughs> damn you, robot house. 
Uh, so yeah, Gary, if you're listening, if that was you flying, that you did a swell job. It was a real good show. Uh, so it's real nice. Um, uh, it's I guess another entry into larger size planes. Yeah, yeah. Don't know what else I can say about it, other than. Uh, well, now you said that maybe there's two versions because when I brought it up on the website, it shows a DLE sixty-one single cylinder. Is there another one that's a two-cylinder? Really? Yeah, the picture I saw had two. Two. Um, where was I? This says twin on the site. The link you sent. So I was looking at the what? DLE sixty twin. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so for. $1,174.99, you can get it with a single-cylinder 61cc, and for 100 bucks more, you get the twin-cylinder okay. 60cc. It must be a pseudo-random thing when you pop it up, because mine shows a twin for 1274 And for $999.99, you can get the uh, electric version. Is that including a motor or something? Yes, just the motor. I okay, because you can, you can buy just the plane, I think it's seven ninety nine. I think, just for the the airframe. Okay. So I guess there's an a la carte thing going on. It, it's kind of, you got to be real careful what you select. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's nice. I don't think they've made a pits before. Have they? Not in that size. Yeah. I don't think they made a big one like that. I may be talking out of my fanny, but I think Great Plains used to have a fairly large pits arf. I don't think it was this big though. Mm, I don't know. All right, but yeah, it's a big you know airplane. What? It'll be fun yeah. to see one in person. Yeah, definitely. Flown well. Any last words before we go on? It's red. It's red. It sure is. And white. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, what you talking about? I had a What is the What the guy All right. What else you got? Uh, there is a new jet from Motion. It's awesome. Have you seen this jet? Did you see the videos? Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Is that better? It's incredible. Is that more, is that more exciting? Look at the rockets. It slices, it dices. So, uh, no surprise, Motion has another jet. Although, it is surprised that they went Russian this time with a MiG-29. <laughs> they went Twin. Russian. This is the guy who just talked about his MiG two episodes ago. Maybe it was the last episode. Yeah, so they had another MiG. Yeah, why are you surprised by that? Oh, maybe they would have uh, a MiG-29 was kind of a surprise that they would have done something different. Not that I'm All complaining right. or anything, just, just I'm surprised they went MiG. Okay. But they did. They went a MiG-29, twin 80 millimeter, pushing something like a 60 inch. Is it 60 inch or 50 inch? Is it that big? No. It's big. It's, it's a mother. I think it's a 50 inch wingspan. 50, sorry. That's big. 50 inch wingspan, but it got a 74 inch length. Yeah, okay. It's a long, uh, although I think the nose cone comes off. Uh, lots of nice details. The landing gear is actually really good, including, uh, rotating retracts with gear doors this time. I wish the F-14 had gear doors, but, uh. Rotating uh, retracts? Rotating, the mains rotate, twist and turn kind of thing. Okay. As they go up, they go, they lay flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, lights, uh, optional, well, ordinance that slides on. Does the MiG-29 yeah. have bogey wheels, or is it just a single main? The main wheels are single. Okay. One yeah, of those, those Russian gears... has bogeys. Oh, what has bogeys? It sounds vaguely familiar. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, whatever. Or maybe I'm making uh, that. Not the normal ones. Normally, the Russians have just big big wheels that they can take off of. 
un- unprepared like, surfaces. Have beet fields and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're really rugged. Uh, not, not too bad of a paint job, sort of a digital camo. Uh, although I noticed there's a, I was looking at the video and there's a big decal that goes on the rudders. That's optional, and it's a water slide decal, which I was surprised to see. Okay. Uh, oh man, I just saw a picture of a, a dude holding it. It's a yeah, big airplane. It's a big airplane. Uh, we were talking oh about goodness. it at the field and said, hey, it looks really nice, but man, that sucker's big. One guy's like, yeah, I don't know if I'd fit in my car. Uh, but they do make, the wings do come off. I think there's only two screws to hold each wing on. So I think, and the nose comes off. So I think it's somewhat compactable. Uh, nice that they're running in-runner motors as well. So they've got a good power setup. The flight video looks really nice. It's like a nice handling plane. What uh, kind of batteries does it need? uses two 6S Four to five thousand milliamp hour battery packs. Okay. Uh, oil working oil struts. So, yeah. uh, uh, if you if you like uh, you like the Russian jets, uh, although I think this is not in a Russian paint scheme. This is um, uh, one of the other former Eastern Bloc countries, which I forgot. Yeah, the MiG twenty nine's been around for a while, right? Oh yeah, it's older since the uh, late seventies. Yeah, it's kind of a MiG-15 counterpart. counterpart. Yeah, I understand not, it's designed. Not MiG-15, F-15, excuse me. A counter, the F-15 and F-16, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, interesting. So, it's nice. I always like, kind of like the um, MiG-29. It's always an interesting-looking plane. Famous yeah. for its Cobra maneuver. That's the MiG- No. No, it's a Sukhoi that does that. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. a Sukhoi. Sorry. Yeah. They look very similar. Uh, well if history serves somebody near you will buy one and ask you to fly it so when that happens (laughs) tell us what you think i will fly it yes all right so i have a technical question for you guys it looks like it has did i count this right 12 digital servos i think that's what they said or is it 12 gram no, I'm, it, maybe it's 10. 1, 2, 3, <coughs> 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Oh, I'm counting 10, I think, right here. But we're talking 10 digital servos. With that many digital servos, do you have a concern of them running off of one ESC, which I'm not even sure how they've got these split up to one? It looks like it says two, yeah, two 100-amp speed controllers. Uh, but, I have 14, I think, they ran a BCF on both, both ESCs, if I remember correctly. Or there's a separate one. Does it say if it has a separate? BSC? No, it it just says two, two 100 amp ESCs. Yeah. My only question though is, if you're running ten digital servos, do you have an an interest of of separating them off the ESCs and running it on a separate uh, BEC? You can, or you can run a, you tie the two BECs together from two speed controllers. I'm just getting your thoughts on that, Terry. Yeah, I think it kind of depends on the specifics. If those, I assume they're switch mode BECs, and if yeah. they're isolated and can be run together, um, I don't think it's a linear increase in capability, but you get some increase. Um, yeah, I think that would be okay. And yeah. if the factory's saying do it, then yeah, I would be prone to take their advice on that. Yeah, yeah the modern speed controller, you can run them in parallel. I have not had a problem ever running them uh, with the switch okay. mode BECs in parallel. So off of two, so two speed controllers using both BECs. 
Yeah. Uh, I know some of the older ones you had issues. You'd had to put a blocking diode or disable one. But uh, right. uh, nowadays, I've never had a problem. Would but you right. feel you safer? Uh, I mean, it, I'm just saying. Would you rather? Would you feel safer pulling all those servos off of the ESCs that are running uh, again 100 amp each? So it says 120 miles an hour. So and, and it's a big jet. So just curious if you would. If it was an add-on, like for, I don't even know if you call it safer, but if you pulled the servos off and put them on a, one, a dedicated BEC, you would could, that make you feel better? Well, yes and no. You could get a really powerful BEC to do that, but then you have a single point failure too. If you're using two BECs and the speed controllers, then you at least have some redundancy. Okay. I actually don't have enough... And knowledge experience we just and i'm not making this an insult but we tend to take for granted that the manufacturers say oh this will work and so we just run with it but i know from experiences that you know have we pushed some digital servos too far on on maybe smaller becs or quote-unquote no-name becs well you can now i was looking at the manual and it says the esc has eight amp bec on it hmm. Yeah, I would say that's probably a minimum for that yeah. of digitals. And I would probably do a thorough ground check, just wiggling the sticks around to yeah. see if it, it gets the BEC over text. Yeah, just something that came across my mind. Not that it's a negative, just uh, seeing something that big, something that goes that fast, I would not want to lose my servos for yeah. a power issue. Yeah, that's a good point. And those yeah, are sure. four-flying elevators. Yeah. Oh, wait, a lot of you see the flap on, on that thing? Yeah. It, it like goes straight down. <laughs> it's an air brake more than a flap. No kidding. All right. Well, for uh, $639, you can have your all the digital servers you want in the thing. <laughs> uh, free shipping. And free shipping. All right. Well, uh, um, hopefully we'll get to see one in the flesh soon as well. And until then, any last words before we go on? It's gray. It's gray. Thank you. Um, Captain Obvious. Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Holmes, thank you for your observation. <laughs> All right, one last thing, um, more on a more somber note. It's uh, We just got word that, was it Joe Birdie? Britty. Britty. Sorry, Brady. Uh passed away recently at the uh very um well seasoned it was ninety, I think they said. And I have to I don't know if it's Brady or Breedy. Brady. Brady. I've always said Brady. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I've heard it pronounced, but I don't know what the correct is. So yeah, he's uh one of the legends in the uh aeromodeling community. Uh, very well known for some some pattern planes like the Dirty Birdie and the Chaos series. In fact I have a one of the modern incarnations of the chaos, and it's a wonderful flying plane, one of my favorite sport planes. And uh, what do I have? You have the trainer, right? The trainer forty. Trainer forty, yep. He had a whole trainer series. I think even at one point there were there were RCM uh, plans or something like that. Or I, th I think it went pretty to RCM to great planes. Okay, yeah. So he's he had like um, somebody had a short list, and it was like over fifty designs. I think 
wow. come up with. Yeah, a lot. I would I would guess the chaos would be his most famous, you think? Yeah, they had several incarnations of the chaos. A friend of mine had like an utter chaos, I think. Um, and I have the, uh, just a chaos arf. Uh, there's, there's so many different incarnations of the chaos, but they all fly really good. Um, he had a couple of fiberglass planes too, the Air Commander and the F7F Tiger Cat, two that I know of, that were kitted. I think uh, Great Plains used to sell them back in the 80s. Really? And I think one of his pattern, one or two of his pattern planes also had fiberglass fuselages at some point. Yeah. Hmm. From pretty, pretty models. I didn't know about the uh, Air Commander and the Tiger Cat. It's yeah. interesting. Big Me ones. neither. Yeah. I think they're kind of collector's item now if you see them pop up. Okay, cool. So our hats off to the late uh, Mr. Brady. And thank you. He, yeah, thanks he, for your contribution. Yeah. He kept me in the hobby with one special plane, so I'll always remember him for that. All right. Well, while we give a moment of remembrance, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. So we have a sudden visitor that just popped up. Lee's very own eldest son and offspring, Mr. Austin Ray. Hello. Yay. Welcome aboard, Austin. Hey, <laughs> welcome. Now, Austin, I heard you just heard it hit a milestone. Yes, I did. Two milestones, actually. Yeah, two milestones. Yes, you uh, had a birthday. Yes. And uh, you're also legal to drive on the sidewalks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can drive on sidewalks. I can't drive on streets. So you uh, you have your license. I-, I was surprised to hear you got your license so quickly. Yeah. Quickly? You you haven't been the one driving him around, Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fitz, didn't you get your license very soon after turning 16? No, I didn't. Really? Man, I mean, that was a thing. Maybe because it was uh, not so densely populated where I was, and if you wanted to do anything, you had to have a car. But yeah. me <laughs> and everybody I knew, man, on your 16th birthday, you were at the DMV. No, uh, it took me a little, maybe about six months or so later to get mm. it. I, mean, I wanted it bad, but I just was the logistics of getting it was delayed. Uh, and I think that's more of a trend lately with kids. Mm. And it probably has to do with the same reason that I was motivated to get one, that now uh, kids seem to be more connected than ever electronically. So there's not as much of a, a, a motive to, to have cars to go Yeah, I know, I know kids that, that well into adulthood don't have a driver's license. Yeah, and my son is 17 now, and I practically had to drag him to the DMV to get his. <laughs> I kept kicking and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at first I wasn't really motivated to get it mine, but in the end I was like, yeah, maybe I should get it just in case I do need to drive. Yeah, yeah it's a good thing. So, so I got a DMV story. You were asking me about that. It just reminded me. Uh, one of the logistic problems was we had switched cars when I was learning to drive. So okay. we had, uh, at first um, I was driving my mother's, fairly large um uh, what the heck was it it was like a ford ltd it was if you remember those things yeah land yacht big land yacht it was a land yacht uh but it was okay it was kind of big but that's where i started and then she oh she got into an accident with it and it got totaled and so she, the new car she got was a stick shift 
A manual nice. transmission. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> theft was, deterrent. Yeah, very good. Yeah, <laughs> well, theft now deterrent. <laughs> yeah, my my mother could drive a stick shift like you wouldn't believe. But yeah. um, uh, so it, I was learning to drive that, but I basically had to kind of start over a little bit because it was a stick shift. And so, um, when I went to go take my license, uh, I found out the course that they take you on, and and there was one spot. This is remember I lived up in Connecticut at the time, which is very hilly. There's one spot where they stop you on a hill and make you start again. Yeah. And it was, and now since I was new to stick shows, like I have no way I'm doing that under the pressure <laughs> of a driver's test. So I actually had to borrow my aunt and uncle's car, which is an automatic, in order to take my driver's test. Hmm. Is that hmm. the story? That's the story. Oh, okay. Mm. I had to borrow a car for my driver's I test. Was, I was hoping for like, you know, fire or yeah, right. <laughs> You borrowed the car oh. and then, yeah. You well, I, I almost it. failed the first time because... Um, I didn't come to a, a complete, complete stop. Yeah. California. Wait, stop. wait, wait. Yeah. Was that like half a mile later? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was really close. Oh, wait. There's actually a, a, an addendum to that. Oh. Um, when I went to the DMV to take my test, I ran into an old uh, boyhood friend I hadn't seen in quite a while. Not literally. No, no, no. We were at the, <laughs> in the meeting. Okay. No, I was just in the, in the, you know, in the office or whatever, the room, waiting gotcha. for my number to get called. And I heard my name and I turned around and said, there's... You know, old friend of mine lived in a neighborhood I hadn't seen in, in some years, uh, probably good 10 years. No, for my five years. Anyways, uh, and he was there also to take his test. And he took his test before I did. And there was a section where he went, he failed it. Mm-hmm. And he was really pissed off. And I was like, well, what happened? He says, well, I went to a, I came to a stoplight. I was waiting and in the, in the, the instructor told me to take a right. So I looked both ways and took a right. Well, the problem was there was a sign that says no right on red. Oh. So he had done, he had followed the instructor's orders, but he didn't, you know, use right. judgment to say, oh, wait a minute, there's a, and lo and behold, the instructor did the same thing to me. Uh-huh. Got to the same intersection. He goes, okay, take a right here. And, you know, I was almost tempted to do it. I was like, oh, wait a minute, this is where my friend said, don't, there's a no sign on red. So I told the instructor, hey, there's a, you know, no turn on red. He goes, yeah, yeah. Well, wait till it turns green. So <laughs> you, you crushed his spirit. So yeah. <laughs> so, that's, ah, that's his Cash. one joy in life is to fail kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, I hate to digress too much, but I just, you just coddle up those old memories. So congratulations, uh, Mister uh, Austin. Yeah, Thank congratulations. You. And you you're lucky I wasn't your driving uh, tester because <laughs> I think everybody should have to drive a stick shift and be able to back up a trailer before they get up. A, well, I have, a dr- I have driven a stick shift tracker tractor before. Oh, that's perfect. If perfect you know what that too. third pedal does, you're ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You can drive anything. So, so you're looking for a car yet now? Uh, Not yet. Something I don't really have much tr- interesting cars, so right now I'm just using my mom's Highlander, which is perfect, basically. Highlander. The Highlander. Yeah. You One day wanna... we'll sit around the campfire and talk about our first cars, and you will <laughs> you will appreciate that Highlander. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, I'll <laughs> yeah. find a really lightweight car so I can have a flying car. <laughs> Uh, it it can put his aircraft. He can put his aircraft in there. So yeah, uh, yeah. flying cars. Uh. Yeah, all right. So, all about that. so speaking of flying, if people don't know, Austin is quite an accomplished pilot himself in the RC model world. Yes. As of late, he's a no, not one of those kids who started out from the womb flying. You only recently got serious about it. Who, Austin? 
Yeah. No, I've been no. in it for at least over six years, maybe. I think he soloed when he was eight. Really? Yeah. Was it that long ago? I just, yeah. I feel like the stories of you guys going out there together and you flying off the leash, as it were, yeah. are, are more recent. Yeah, I think it wasn't until, I think, right before flight test when I really got into it. Once I went to flight test or flight fest, then I realized, like, oh, dang, this is actually fun because there's a lot more you can do than just flying, which includes building. I was like, oh, wait, there's a lot more I can do, so now I'm really into it. Yeah, you spent a lot of time in a tent. Yeah. yeah that's how I remember it. Your dad coming back and saying he never saw you at Flight Fest because you were always <laughs> yes. just doing your own thing. And then after that... <laughs> he's not He's not lying. I yeah. was in the tent most of the time. He went feral. That's where you really caught the bug. <laughs> well, the situation was he found a friend. You know, the old, you know, hey, watch this or hold my beer kind of mentality. He found right. a friend. They got yeah. busy building planes and doing crazy stuff. And, hey, will this work? And will that work? And let's do this and let's do that. And they had a great time together. And for those un- other younger viewers out there, I'm still friends with them to this day. Actually, just earlier, we were playing the new flight sim together. You can make some really good friends at events. Yeah, well, you mentioned that, and I think we'd be hard-pressed to find an episode where one of us doesn't talk about a friend that we have in the RC world and how it affected us in some way. Yeah. So, Yeah. Well, we're g- glad to have you in the, I was going to say brotherhood, but it's not just a brotherhood. What's, it's a family. What a, yeah, there you go. Or a sibling hood, whatever you would call it. Girls are welcome. <laughs> the mob. Uh, <laughs> Clan. <laughs> so the clueless Posse. mob. Well, yeah. you know, and we talked about Austin's Sea Duck, you know, during their last little get together. So Fitz, you know, you got to fly uh, Austin's flight test Sea Duck. You gave it a thumbs up, right? Yeah, it's a neat plane, yeah. You told so, all about your your cannon. Yeah, what is that cannon on the on the hatch? I don't know. I literally I was just looking on Thingiverse for some random hatches, and because I searched hatch, it, it came up as oh yeah a tank hatch. So I was like, wait a second, I have better idea. So I just found a three D printed tank head and was like, slap it on there, and I'm just going to use that as a hatch for it or a handle. Okay. Good idea. So yeah, it now now it's just got a tank head on the top of a sea duck. Because that's totally realistic. <laughs> <laughs> so your dad, I would say, is a warbird guy. What's your specialty? More commercial airlines and private, or I guess private uh, planes. Like civil type airplanes? Yes, yeah, civil well, airlines. Tell planes. our listeners what your favorite airplane is and your dream 747. flight. 747. Okay. Really? I really want to fly on one. Unfortunately, you gotta hurry. Yeah, I gotta hurry. <laughs> but turn yourself into cargo. <laughs> you might I end mean, up in China. Doubt- <laughs> <laughs> I've flown yeah. a seven forty seven before. I don't remember it being anything special. But yeah, I remember running up upstairs real quick to take a look at the lounge area. But and then they <laughs> they escorted yeah. the peasants back down. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, back down the kettle. What do you call it? The uh, and the of a ship. Steerage, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Below the waterline. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't terribly impressed with them. I had much better time in like a triple seven because you got power and TVs and entertainment. Yeah, yeah. but I've been on triple seven, so I'm okay. But you can smoke on a 747. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Uh, one thing that, you know, we have technically been in a 747. We've been in the shuttle carrier. Oh, right. Yes, we have. Yeah. yeah. 
But that's a special. That's technically a specialized 747. It's technically a 747. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a gutted <laughs> yeah, 747. It's, it's technically. <laughs> Literally. It's, it is. It is a 747. But it's not flying. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> it doesn't count. Oh, my gosh. Flying. You have to be in a flying 747. Well, I guess yes. we'll just get a couple of friends together. Let's see if we can get that bad boy in the air. <laughs> don't mind us uh, as we taxi down Clear Lake Boulevard. Don't go far, because <laughs> the last time I flew in a 747, I was so bored, I started giving the stewardesses nicknames. <laughs> Did they know about it? No. Or was it behind the... Okay. <laughs> so Nurse Ratchet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was like an older one that was like the boss, and uh, then there was some younger ones, so it was... I don't know. Well, I'll go yeah. the details, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get that. That'll idea. be the after show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, one thing we kind of just skipped over, but I think it'd be a great topic to talk about right now because I'm seeing it uh, trend, is that Austin got the latest edition of Microsoft's Flight Simulator 2020. So it's out and already? Boy, I tell it you. It came it's out just, last night, right? I, I got to tell you, watching Austin's face when I told him I had the first release of Microsoft Flight Simulator on my computer, he was like, how did it work? You know, and then my youngest like was saw a, a snapshot. I think Austin pulled out his phone and showed him a snap uh, a screen pick of it. And he's like, "Oh, I can't fly 2D." <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, he's like, it was nothing to him. But I mean, Austin, tell us about uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. It is very impressive. I did have to upgrade my computer to be able to run it on high settings, but when you run it, it runs well. The trailers and stuff aren't exaggerating it's literally exactly what it looks like um the one thing i will say is up close there are a few weird things like trees will grow in buildings but overall i've got some really nice screenshots from it um and i would definitely recommend it to people with the right system requirements well, it's called Man. Flight Simulator, not Building Simulator. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, yeah. I saw some videos a while ago, and it looked really good. Of course, dumb me, I just bought X-Planes like a month ago. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize it was coming out anywhere near this soon. I thought it yeah. was still uh, Compared well to X-Plane and compared to Flight Simulator X Steam Edition, the previous version, yeah. it's way above any of those. Which the version flight- of X-Plane do you have, Fitz? It's the latest, 11, I think. Is it 11? Okay, so because yeah. we have 11 here at the house too because we purchased X-Plane for our scout troop. And I am currently the uh, holder, <laughs> the storage facility. We've been flying X-Plane upstairs until Austin got the flight simulator 2020. And I haven't, look, I'll be honest with you. I would love to just push my son out of, out of the way and get my hands on it, but I've been very kind and generous to let him enjoy it. Uh, let's go back to Flight Fest. He met a friend named Max there, and they become good friends. Well, I go into his room last night, and he and Max are flying together in a flight simulator, you know, co-op. And it's just neat to see them do that. They were flying side by side. I think even Austin was doing a – I think at one point he was, you were in a 747, weren't you, Austin? Yes, we were both in 747s, and I accidentally <laughs> turned on auto throttle, and I couldn't land. I didn't realize it was an auto throttle switch, and I must have accidentally hit it. Oh. But I literally had to, I had to shut off the fuel valves and just land on the beach. That actually happened to an Airbus there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an early Airbus was trying to land, and the auto throttles wouldn't let him land, so they had this really kind of lowish power setting, and the thing just f- f- 
went across the runway and flew into the trees. Oh, I, yeah. yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, the computer was too smart for the pilot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've tried <clears> to actually fly the Airbus A320 Neo, and I just, I can't fly it. It's got this weird setting that if you kill the throttle and it senses you stalling, it throttles back up. It's like MCAS, but weirder. Hmm. Like MCAS would weirder. Except instead of MCAS, which makes you go down, it makes you go up, and then you stall and go down. <laughs> MCAS. That's the best way. Yeah, it's it's the opposite of MCAS. <laughs> so you you were talking about um, the old flight sim. There's a video on YouTube that goes through each of the Microsoft flight sims, starting from like yeah, that's Apple the video I showed. Now, uh, here's here's how you know if you're a flight sim. Uh, I say original flight sim. Where does the original flight simulator take you off from? Don't answer, Austin. Chicago Meigs Airport. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Which is no longer. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah it does not exist. I remember hearing yeah. that it does not exist anymore. It's a. But, it's actually very controversial. What happened to that? Actually. Oh, it is. It's a great. So we won't talk about it here. But you go look it up in Wikipedia. But it's yeah. like that's where I want to go land my first time flying it. Just to, <laughs> just go look. Get out of the way. This is this is how I fly. <laughs> I'm used to I'm used to this runway. <laughs> well, I know uh, I'm in the minority here, but flight simulators do not and have not ever really done much for me. I like RC simulators, but the the full scale stuff, meh. That just hasn't. I mean, I my will attention. say if you compare real flight, uh, eight, I believe that's what I've got in a using a live airport to a Microsoft flight sim. It does look pretty similar because you're using a live airport. Um, Can you treat the Microsoft flight sim like an RC simulator? Can you step out of the cockpit to fly? I have not yet figured out how to do that, but I think there is a way. Hmm. I do okay. know that X-Plane can. My dad accidentally figured out that feature. <laughs> okay. He just stepped out of it, and it just the plane just flew away. <laughs> Does it have good support for multiple monitors? Um, Microsoft Flight Sim? Yeah. Yes, it does. Um, when you first click on the icon, it will pop up on the main screen. But what I found is you can actually click on a button and it sets it to another tab and you can move mm. it over. Oh, I just remembered. VR. I mentioned it's VR support too? I think I remember hearing about it at some point, but I, I haven't seen anyone try it. Oh. But if it if it does come out, that would be cool. Yeah. It's only been out for a day as we record this, right? That's all yeah. I need is see my son with his arms sticking out and running around his room going, I can fly! Look at me! Whack! <laughs> exactly. Down the steps. Well, <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to look it up because one of the reasons why I bought X-Plane is I acquired a flight yoke and I have rudder pedals and so I thought it'd be neat to have a... And I got a nice widescreen monitor oh. too now, so... Oh, nice. Uh, so I was thought, hey, it'd be nice to try flight sims again. I haven't played them in a while. Yeah, I got a HOTAS controller, a yeah. Thrustmaster, Thrustmaster HOTAS. Yeah, it's yeah. on the cheaper end, but it's the best. Apparently, the best controller you can get for your buck. Hmm. Have they talked about getting the combat flight simulator back? Um, no, oh, I've wow. not heard yeah. about that. I'd love to have a modern World War II simulator. I did hear from someone there. There is a rumor that they are going to come out with some military planes, such as just some jets, which yeah. all there is right now is civilian aircraft or passenger mm. aircraft. 
But hopefully they start adding some helicopters and jets. All right, enough flight simulator chat. <laughs> Austin, what's your next project? RC. I probably, yeah, I probably need to work on my Cessna 310. I've had that sitting on my workbench for way too long, and I just need to finish painting it and get it done. <laughs> Sound familiar, guys? Yeah. <laughs> like following son. You learned it by the watching block, you. As they say, huh? Yeah. That's my boy. <laughs> Chunk off the old block. Yeah, that's his, his 310 is my 150. So is that a foamy? <laughs> it's a foamy. Okay. Yeah, that's yes. a Dynam one. It's got cup that's been uh, re- finish oh right right yes okay. it spackle has, or whatever it was no it was I, I don't remember what's on it no. so it's clean. great it's wet scene well yeah this is the one we got from ben he did a beautiful job um silk spanning it with uh water-based polyurethane and baby powder and it's a beautiful paint job and on fits you know how well he does the paint jobs because you have that little uh, canard yeah. plane that pusher and you you know how well that looks well you know i've been sanding and doing some work on it but it's been so hot and humid there's just not been an opportunity to go uh primer that thing so i think in the next month or two we'll get back on it and ha- try to have it done by the end of the year yeah like i've gotten all the electronics and stuff set up it does taxi and everything i just i've been held back by the painting because i need to do that first before i can finish it all right, I have one more question for you. All right. So as a member of the younger generation, how does your crew look at uh, RC modeling? Are there other kids in your school who are into it, or are you kind of the the one example? What's your take on that? I'd say I'm the one example that actually is into it. I do have a few friends that are trying to get into it, but to be honest, would they kind of overlook it. They try to get ahead of themselves, and that's the problem I see with most people. With my dad, we slowly went into it, so I could understand everything. But these people were like, oh yeah, I want to, like, one of my friends likes a lot of military stuff and World War II planes. So they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to get Jet EDF as my first plane, and I want to learn how to fly that. But it's like, no, you got to stop, slow down, and fly smaller planes first, then work up to that. Yeah, don't harsh their vibe, man. Yeah, you don't want to. That's always been the challenge. Yeah, because like they overlook it, and then you don't want to stop them from doing it, but you don't want to let them do that, crash it, and waste a lot of money. Yeah. So in my experience, if you can talk them down and put a transmitter in their hands once they're flying, even if it's a boxy old uh, classic trainer, they'll have the same amount of excitement. So yeah, yeah, they'll get over their jet fascination pretty quickly once they actually fly. All right, well, go preach the gospel, man. <laughs> go fly, All right, Austin, go fly your seven forty-seven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Austin, I'll go to your room. Yeah, he's he doesn't have time for us for us to show. He's been like, "Come on, Dad, I need to get back to flying." This is fun. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry. I do have one more question. So, how many tools are in your room that your dad doesn't know about? Hmm. <laughs> let's see. One, two. Um, I don't know. <laughs> There's probably a few that are sitting under something that I don't remember, and I'm going to have to go through and find it and put it back. Yeah, this is your chance to put everything back in its place while he's distracted with us. You know, it's funny, Terry. This is true for those listening. I did not um, 
have a chat with Terry before the show, but Austin and I were talking about questions we might ask. And I, I told him, I said, they might ask you like how you get into it. And, you know, how do you think, you know, the best, the best advice you could give other people getting the hobby. And he goes, well, you know, when I got started, you know, my dad led me the way and I, you know, I got, I had access to all his tools <laughs> so, and I can, I can vouch for that. So if you want your child to get in this hobby, go buy a lot of tools because yeah. you're never going to see him again. <laughs> yep. Send them to the garage and just let them at it. And then just when they go fly, just watch and make sure they don't hit anything. Mm, yeah there you go <laughs> hitting stuff is part of the fun but yeah yes <laughs> point taken yeah i hope i live long enough to see him teach his kids how to fly yes <laughs> what do you think you're doing <laughs> <laughs> Loop I'll, I'll be cackling <laughs> anyway all right son go have fun with flight simulator thanks for joining us okay talk to you later okay bye bye here you have it, folks. Lee's offspring. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> He's so shy. Yeah. And reserved. Maybe he'll come out of his shell one day. Yeah, one, one day. Hey, 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 it's Crazy Ray, and I'm here with another Hey, 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 Crazy Crash and Dead Sale. Yes, sir. Our warehouse is filled to the roof with some of the hottest crash collections this side of the Mississippi. Last week at the 7th Annual Captain Carl Classics RC Fly-In has supplied us with some incredible piles of parts and accessories. Our collection truck came back with a handful of gently smacked landing gear, muddied lawn-darted engines, wing halves in various sizes, mysterious fuselages, buckets of extra ply and balsa wood, and the piece de resistance, a top flight giant scale, now micro scale, Corsair! You don't see that every day. So come down now before all these hot items are gone. And don't forget our motto, one man's crash is your new plane. Okay, Lee, I understand you you went to yet another, what, symposium or, or something for on regarding some FAA-related items? Do you care to give us a quick rundown of what you the, saw, what you heard. The FAA UAS Symposium Episode 2. Dun, dun, dun. This, dun, dun, dun. this is the second part of the symposium. I've mentioned it before in our previous podcast. This is the August. Uh, this is the sequel. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't even <laughs> call it sequel. It's, it's, <laughs> part two. Uh, part two. Yeah. And this time uh, it's even. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll have to admit... I was not as dedicated to sit there and stare at my screen and and hold on to every word that I, I heard in the last month's uh, symposium. So this was a little bit more laxed. I will say yesterday it was uh, I, I listened carefully. I took notes today. Unfortunately, I kept getting sidetracked by other stuff going around my house. However, I think I'm going to jump to today and then follow up what I heard with yesterday. Today was the best of the two because I did attend a roundtable with the uh, FAA uh, drone pro Kevin Morris, he had a roundtable f- specifically for recreational flying. You're on so, a roundtable? Yeah, I was in a. Uh, well, it was just a co- little common area, a little chat, like oh. a Zoom meeting. So, were you able it, to uh, speak up and give him a I piece did. of your mind? I did. Um, ah. I, I'll try not to exaggerate, but on, I did. Gossip, gossip. That's good stuff. <laughs> well, 
Tyler, this is the set. Tyler was in there. I didn't see the round table because I was watching another session at the time. And so every now and then, and most people will say, this is kind of what you had to do. You had to keep multiple screens open to see what was happening in the round tables and also what was happening on the scheduler. So I missed the first six minutes or so of that round table, but Tyler was in there, Tyler Dobbs from the MA. And he was talking, uh, he had a couple of questions to ask Kevin. There were probably 10, 12 people in there. And Kevin, he did his best to try to, I guess, answer some of the questions we have. But the truth of the matter, and even after I got on my little soapbox and, and had some opinions on the test that's coming up, uh, a lot of our questions cannot be answered until December when the remote ID comes out. And guys, the, the problem with this is we are in such a dark <laughs> room. You know, there's no there's no air. <laughs> there's no sound. We are we are so separated from the possibilities of what that remote ID final rule will be like. We can't even talk about anything because everything is based on whether they're going to make us register every aircraft allow future CBOs to be created after one year. You see where I'm going? There's just so many of those things that we were trying to fight to keep Wait, from happening. So did that come up, the fact that registering every aircraft individually? Yeah, because your your friend and buddy here on the podcast mentioned it. You know, I, I mentioned it's like, are we still concerned about that? Because... Th- the way I directed the conversation was Kevin was asked, uh, Kevin was talking about the test. I had to leave the room and I came back and he was talking about the upcoming test and how it is it a, it's a no fail test. It's more of a PSA where you read the comments. It, it may be even a video. I don't know. And you cannot fail. And he said, the only reason you would fail the test is if you just choose not to finish. You know, if you just walked away and didn't want to do it. And after he mentioned that, my comment to him was, what age did you have to be? To, to take the test. What, what age are y'all requiring? And I don't think we got that age. Uh, I think he said you could be eight to take the test. And then I, I went into the old, well, I think the problem we're having with this test is that, you know, now that you've told people you have to have an FAA registration and that's 13 and then anybody can take the test, you still can't fly by yourself if you're 13. And now we don't know if you have to register every airplane that you have. So I, I'm concerned about the hobby continuing on with that type of fear. You know, that you have to register and take tests and pay money for airplanes, you know, that you fly for a hobby. And he listened. And another lady there, I didn't remember her name, but she was tuning in as well. They they heard me. They said they listened to me. But there were not many other people talking. It was more just, you know, listening in. Vic Moss showed up near the end. So uh, he just mentioned drone pros, which, you know, I'm still thinking of looking into that becoming a drone pro just to find out what they're trying to do it's it's like a program it's it's yeah i was going to say ambassador you know to be an ambassador (laughs) that's it that's it yeah just try to help people understand what they can and cannot do in the national airspace and i don't have a problem with that and i'm by the way i did tell the faa said guys i know you have a tough job but it's just difficult as a hobbyist to feel like we're part of the problem, you know, and let's go back to the yesterday's stuff and the other stuff that this is all about. I, to this, this second session to me was more about, uh, deterring the bad guys from doing anything. How do we stop the bad guys? Um, 
there were a lot of law enforcement people in these uh, other sessions that I was listening D one, one note I wrote here was a uh, laser sharp focus on security. <laughs> you know, they, they're really talking about how they're going to give powers to those, I guess, specifically law enforcement and government to uh, stop the bad guys, you know, as, as much as even to talking about, you know, taking them down. Uh, Are we talking the, about using drones as a tool to combat, standard crimes or are they talking about specifically enforcing drone related crimes counter countermeasures to stop people flying drones where they shouldn't okay but giving law enforcement the tools they need to uh, go to people tell them to stop you know get the id information from the pilot that's flying the the remote id tracking system we've always we're you know we're concerned about um data collection by the way that was another word i put in quotes here um you know, there's got to be a concern about what they're trying, what kind of information are they trying to get from us? Uh, one of the seminars yesterday, which, you know, I, I got in halfway and I was able to go back and watch the beginning. So I felt better after I watched because I got the worst end <laughs> jumping into a, a session like, you know, not knowing everything is was dangerous. I'm glad I didn't write my notes then. But it was an NTSB uh, gentleman who says, you know, um, our job is to do all the research after the crash, and he specifically worked on drone incidents. And his his se- uh, seminar again from the beginning was great. He mentioned that there have only been three confirmed drone incidents, and one of them was the one we're pretty much all familiar with: is that Black Hawk helicopter with a DJI Phantom. There was a hot air balloon uh, incident with a DJI Mavic, and that appeared to be like friendly fire. Someone was with the person with the balloon. They got out of hand and hit the balloon. And then there <laughs> it was... Bounce off? I, I, it did. It, I, I, there was no injuries, by the way. There's no no fatalities in this. And the last one, which you kind of expect, of, of course this would happen, was, again, another DJI uh, that was following along with a helicopter for an off-road race. And the two, the helicopter and the Mavic, who both had rights to be there, hit each other. So there was no way to avoid, uh, but it was a good seminar because he showed other uh, photos and, and incidences where they think it was probably a drone. Um, and th- those were probable cases. And the last one he showed was looked scary as heck. He said, you know, this is the worst we'd seen. There's a huge chunk of the wing dented. Um, and he's like, we did all this research. It sure looked like it was a drone. But after, you know, going deeper, they did find out they killed a, uh, a golden eagle. This guy ran in one, broke its neck, and he said, you know, these are the kind of things that'll take down a plane. So thank God for the NTSB doing their homework, right? Because, you know, some people will just jump. So, Uh, and and I'm sorry I kind of got off, but this this is kind of how I felt this last session was more uh, of the security issues, how people are, what they're doing about trying to, to make sure people are doing the right thing. It was really meant for commercial type environments this had really except for kevin's roundtable nothing else in in the sessions yesterday and today dealt with recreational pilots is there another day no that's it oh just the two days okay yeah Hmm. and and again that's just from what i attended so there may have been other seminars that i didn't go into because the the title didn't seem like it applied to me so i'll you know i apologize um there was a i I actually joined in one about uh you know the officers who are trying to get emergency waivers um 
to do like search and rescue and stuff. And I was, I kind of was interested in this. I mean, it didn't apply to the hobby, but it pertained to those who are responding in emergencies to, to get permission from the FAA to get a, a, like a, a temporary flight. Mm-hmm. It's not, not a TFR because it's a restriction, but to, to get an emergency flight in an area where they would normally not be able to fly. And my concern was like, if you have a situation where like a car went off a cliff or something and you're desperate for time, do you, do you have to go through all that? And, you know, they say they can, it can take five minutes, but they expect anybody who's flying a drone in that area, they have to submit, you know, an emergency COA certificate of authorization. And, uh, you know, I, I guess that's something to think about for those guys who are out there trying to do the good stuff, you know, look for fires, look for search and rescue, you know, people and stuff like that. So there's a lot of paperwork, I guess that still has to be done. And it sure would be nice to, you know, help the, the needy, excuse me, the help those in law enforcement and search and rescue first, before you give it to those guys who say, I just want to go fly and take a picture of this bridge. You know, obviously that's not an emergency, but it was, it was very, I mean, I enjoyed listening to these guys talk <laughs> and I wrote this down for you guys. Cause this was great. One of the guys, I apologize. I don't remember who said it, but he just, he looked at the camera and says, do not fly over people. I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that one of the waivers they offer? Well, they're trying. I think that's one of the things is that they they basically said there's really no waiver right now for you to have permission to fly over people. And they said, you know, if you're going up in the air and you think you're near people, you need to put a cone out and have that drone directly over that cone. Technically, you are not allowed to fly over people. He says they have never allowed a waiver for someone to fly over people. Interesting. Now, if you're doing a search and rescue and you fly over the person you're looking for, (laughs) I guess you get a slide. (laughs) Uh, but anyway, I just, you know, that was, that was interesting, you know, do not fly over people. You sound a little happier now than the did after the last one. Uh, is that just coincidental? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, without, uh, getting myself in trouble, I didn't go to a few sessions on purpose. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think you, I think you guys know why, but I'm just saying, you know, there's a couple of people who talked that I chose not to listen to this time. Right. Okay. But thanks to Kevin. I know he's trying. I hope he's trying. I mean, uh, I think, I think I did the right thing to, to step up and, and say what I had to say, but I am concerned about the hobby store owners that, you know, if this test comes down and they aren't offering it, the information to people who come to the, you know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. You want to help the people out. You want to make sure people are flying safe, but gosh, if you have someone come in and they put a package on the table and you say, okay, by the way, don't forget to get your FAA license. And they go, what? Oh yeah. yeah and you know, there's going to be a test you have to take. And then they put the stuff back and walk out the door. Okay. So remind me who Kevin is. Kevin Morris. He's with the FAA. He's handling the drone. He's pretty much for, you know, like the recreational, the, the tests. I, you know, I'm sorry, I don't have Kevin. I'm sorry if you're listening. I don't have your title here, but he's more along the recreational side. Good cop. Good cop and bad cop. I mean, he could be both. Okay. You don't know. I mean, all I can say is I, when I talk to him, I'm trying to be dead serious that I worry about our hobby. And, oh, I did have a cool conversation with a police officer uh, on another just roundtable, quick roundtable session. I, I happened across a guy who does i think his is search and rescue but he every now and then he talks to other officers that do um you know 
security, I guess, with, with drones. And I asked him flat out, I said, do you or your office, fellow officers ever have to approach someone who's flying a fixed wing aircraft? You know, for doing something wrong, whatever he goes, and he goes, nope. To my knowledge, the only people we have problems with are flying multi rotors, and that's just I mean, that's just one guy. But I I just wanted to hear that come from somebody who's in law enforcement. You know, are they having issues with people flying a little cub in a park? No, they're having problems with people flying quads and multi rotors near buildings. Right. Okay, that's not a surprise. No, not at all. But it was good to can get that confirmation. Now, speaking of other aerial vehicles that should not be flown over people, let's talk about your Cessna. <laughs> <laughs> For a completely different reason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everybody, everybody, take a push, pause, go grab yourself a drink, sit back, relax. <laughs> oh man! So the last podcast talked about the first flight and and how we. I kind of lost it when uh, Fitz fits through it. I couldn't recover and yada, yada, yada. I rebuilt a fuselage. Uh, we flew it again. Was it just last week? It was the weekend after. So however two, week, two weekends ago. Calendar. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, several days ago, <laughs> depending on when you hear this. Uh, took the 337 up again. I've already posted the video on our Facebook page. And so if you have no idea what we're talking about, I have 3BD printed a Cessna 337 from RC3D print and it flew great I, I did a running toss this time i even love fitz saying that was the best like launch ever <laughs> so that's interesting because a lot of our conversation the last time was about how you were flying and when other people were launching it was always dicey but this time you launched as the pilot yeah i'm glad i and i i think part of the improvement was the change in prop i actually had more rpm so i think i actually improved thrust what did so, you change um, 10.7 to 10.5. On in the front nose. or the back? Front. Okay. Which and what's on the kind back? Of does 9.6. Okay. The higher KV. Yeah. Higher KV. But that doesn't matter because when I threw that thing, and I, I will say I, I probably ran more like a javelin launcher than just a couple <laughs> of steps needed. Uh, I wanted to make sure I had <laughs> enough speed. But she flew gently out of my hand. And as Fitz can say, I, I probably could have done a lap just like that. I didn't so, need that back um, motor. One motor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, in this time around, we got to fly it, do some turns, and then actually turn off the rear motor, and she did fine. I mean, okay. it, you didn't even notice a change in in rotation or anything. the The plane was great. Uh, the only time there was a change in rotation was when we tried to roll the sucker. <laughs> uh, no, I'm getting to the end of this story real quick, but I flew it. I had fun. We did a couple of high-speed passes. I did one roll, and I learned it really wants to drop, you know, nose down pretty quick, got inverted. So on the next roll, I added a little bit of down, and she, you know, that roll was much better. But then on the last pass, I come down full throttle, do a climbing roll, I finished the roll, but I put a little down in there and then I lost control. I mean, the plane just got out of my hands. And at first I thought I had lost the aileron because I could not stop her from spinning to the ground. I I mean, I was holding full right and she was rolling left and I thought uh, I'd lost an aileron and I was also pulling back. Lost as in the servo wasn't responding. Yeah. Like, yeah, I wasn't getting a response from one of the, yeah. Uh, But at that point, I mean, I wasn't pulling up in the nose either. 
So uh, she did this graceful crash in, and you know, tons of people have commented on the internet and given their NTSB report. Oh, sure. A lot of a lot of fingers pointing at me, which uh, you know, I, Monday morning I'll, quarterbacking. I will accept three percent <laughs> of the problem <laughs> since my hands were on it, but I think Fitz, too generous. I, I, oh, <laughs> oh, you're saying I, oh, you're saying it's lower. <laughs> Are you saying it's lower or higher? Do you think it was all me? Or do you think I was all thumbs? Well, if you hadn't rolled it like that. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I rolled it the wrong way, I guess. No, she once she committed the roll, she snap rolled on the opposite direction. That yeah. was not my doing. That was not me trying to make it look pretty. And she wosed in, lost her. Uh, when Fitz and I showed up, the good news is uh, the receiver had a steady orange light, which told me she didn't have an LVC. So it, I was afraid it was a radio glitch. But then the elevator servo was screaming at us, and it wasn't happy at all. So we pulled that, and then when Fitz and I started looking at the ailerons, we noticed one of them was stripped. And the fact that she went in nose first and the wings separated down the center, and they were in good sh- I mean, you saw the wings, right, Fitz? Yeah. They they were in good shape. I mean, the fuselage took the brunt of the damage and everything just slid forward. Yeah. I I still don't think that servo stripped in the crash. I don't I don't get I don't know. I'm just, Yeah. In any I mean, case, I mean, looking at the flight video, I mean, it looked like you hit an accelerated stall cuz remember it reversed direction on the roll. Right. And so I think I don't I wonder if there's any washout in those wings too, by the way. But um uh yeah, I think you just got it slow and aggressive maneuver and went to an accelerated stall and then um, you didn't have the altitude to recover. And, it snapped and that's Fitz. <laughs> so so it, it's pilot error for Fitz. <laughs> Terry? <laughs> pilot error? Well, not necessarily pilot error. Just you got into a situation that you were too low to recover from. It was just a, a weird nuance of the plane. So, I mean... You weren't very high when it happened, so you had almost no time to react. Um, and you didn't know if you had lost radio or the servo walked out or what, so. Um, okay, I couldn't recover. I, I mean, yeah. everybody can point and and say what they... It's, if it was all stall-related and, you know, it was just aerodynamics, it was the weirdest one I've ever experienced in my life. I mean, I've had control in other planes or I like knew something was going to happen <laughs> ahead of time. This one would move a little bit and it wouldn't move. And, you know, yeah. that nose would not come up. Did you talk to the designer? I know you, you were had a correspondence with him, right? No, he he had no idea either. So yeah. did you did you pass along my thoughts on some of his on some aerodynamic thoughts? I have not. Oh, well, I won't go into them here, but I had, I had some thoughts that perhaps he could change a few couple of things. Well, if it makes you feel better, Lee, I disagree with Fitz. My unprofessional opinion of watching that video, it seems to depart any semblance of controlled flight. So I'm thinking maybe the battery came loose and slid back or something. Yeah. I don't know. It was quick. And, and on top of that, you know, our main topic last time was how it came out of those launches with a lot of thrust. And so it's proven that it does okay slow to some degree. So I don't know. I just have a hard time buying that a roll caused it to stall like that. What do they call it? A mystery wrapped in enigma? Yeah. Something. Well, uh, let's, let's just zoom forward. I didn't care. 
I mean, I, I, I was upset that it happened, but I think Fitz will tell you, we walked over, I picked up the pieces, I put them on the table, we had a nice laugh, and you now I came home the next day and I started printing the new one, which is about 60% done right now. All right, get back so, on that horse. Uh, yeah, I, and it's going to be a little different, and I'm not going to roll it. <laughs> so, you know, there's some things I just refuse to do anymore, and, you know, it's lessons learned. I mean, um, I, I think... I. It could be a lot of things. I, I obviously, I with Terry, I watching the snap like that. I kind of thought the CG shifted back. So I'm, when I roll, when I pushed over after the roll, I'm wondering if I'd lost the battery tray that I homemade and glued in myself, and it could have gone backwards. So I mean, with that, I'm going to do a different type of tray or mount it differently, so I can rule that out next time. I'm using different servos. I'm going digital Metal Gear. So I'm, you know, making a couple of other efforts so that when I do fly this one and, you know, maybe higher altitude, I try another roll, uh, I'll, I'll have a better idea of what's really happening. But other than that, I've really enjoyed it. I love the way it looks. I love the way it sounds. It's had a lot of reviews on my Instagram page and, you know, I'm, <laughs> the sad part is like, I'm ha- the more, <laughs> besides the, the, the crash <laughs> and all that, bro- the problem I'm having right now is I'm reprinting it and darn it, I'm having these these few pieces, you know, print great. And then I go to print like a boom or something. And then my, my print is all screwy cattywampus and my infill's all wrong. And it's like, it's like the old Ender three pro all over again. So I'm taking breaks, coming back and try some different settings, but it's just a weird, it's weird what's happening. Because right now and Fitz, you can, um, you can join on here, but like the booms right now, I'm having so much infill showing through the wall, even though the wall is printed first. What's your wall thickness? Did you change your wall thickness setting? It's still one. No, not at all. Um, well, one's like pretty the white. Thin. Well, it's always one. Yours is one. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. This is like the, for example, the the fuselage turned out great. The center wing panels turned out great, but the booms are having this issue, and the outer wing panels are having this issue. So, I won't. I won't dread trudge on that i'm i'll figure it out you know it's just unfortunate that i've had to you know stop and printing because you know it's not that's something that just you can find out in five seconds yeah. <laughs> you gotta let it print for an hour and then go back and <clears throat> make sure so that's it um, i'll have another 337 soon hopefully by next week you guys will see some cool photos well cool okay sounds like a plan so are you making any other changes uh, my thought was maybe there's some room somewhere to make it lighter or do you think you're already at the bottom end? I'm at the bottom end. Okay. Windows. I'm putting in windows for Terry. I'm going to put a picture of Terry in the in the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Screaming. I didn't want to ask outright. <laughs> All right. But yes, windows. I will have windows, and I'll I'll have an N number. <laughs> I'll come up with something. <laughs> It'll be better than gray and blue and white. <laughs> That's it. All right. All right. So, so I, had a, I had a near catastrophe the other weekend mm-hmm. at the flying field. Okay. Do tell. So, okay. So I was out with um, my uh, E-Flight F-18. Yeah. Oh, I it's had, full of catastrophe, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that thing is. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, I had made some repairs on it from the last flight and was oh, wait, bringing uh, it. Oh, wait. What'd you do to it last time? Uh, I broke the landing gear, and I think I had a wonky servo in the Alavon. So uh, I went that, ahead. 
after you had the miraculous save? Yeah. Because of a bad. Yeah, this okay. was this is the first flight after the miraculous save. Okay. So I suspected that one of the, the servo in the one of the tellerons was intermittent, and I also dorked the landing gear a little bit. So I replaced the servo and fixed up the landing gear. I said, okay, well, let me go take it back out for a shakedown flight. And uh, the first Ooh. flight. Shakedown in quotes. Shakedown, <laughs> yes. Shakedown cruise. Uh, so the first flight actually went really well. Um, I took off and had a good time flying around, and it was it seemed to just fine. Uh, so upon landing um, and recharging, I was going to fly it again. Uh, I walk out to put the plane on the runway to, to do another flight. And uh, another club member who also flies EDFs came out and said, hey, that's you know, take off in a stagger formation and fly around a little bit, kind of like we did with the same guy I did with the MIG in his F4 a few weeks mm-hmm. back. So I said, yeah, sure. Uh, sounds like a good idea. This is in the same color scheme? No. Well, he has a different plane. His was, okay. uh, uh, I think, a Freewing F-16. Okay. So and there, it's not going to be a case of mistaken identity. No, not at all. Okay. His was like all white and Thunderbird-ish, and mine's gray and, and uh, semi, you know, Camouflaged. So, uh, so I said, yeah, sounds like a good idea. So, I, uh, so we, I, my plane is in the front, his is in the back, maybe a two, or th- two or three plane links behind me. So it's going to be a staggered, staggered takeoff. And so we start. I start the takeoff run, and uh, about halfway down the runway, he passes me like I was standing still. Where <laughs> <laughs> he had a much quicker acceleration. And I was like, whoa, and I kind of jinxed a little bit, tried to get out of his way, but I'm almost at rotation speed. And he almost made it past me. Oh, no. Almost. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he clipped my right wing and came and flipped over the plane and landed the grass inverted. And uh, his plane broke up into several pieces. Um, So he was still on the ground? He was still on the ground. We were both still on the ground. Okay. We had a mid-ground. <laughs> uh, I guess my F-18 being bigger and heavier kind of shook it off, but I did lose one of the wingtip missiles. But I got up into the air and was, was able to fly around without any noticeable effects other than, you know, one missile was gone so I could tell the roll. Uh, so trim was your off. missile took out an F-16? Yeah, my missile took out an F-16, yeah. <laughs> that, friendly fire. Was, that's what you need to <laughs> yeah. say, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, uh, so I was like, "Wow!" So I mean, you know, you know, I was able to fly around a little bit and land. Okay. Are you uh, committed and took off? Yeah, I was. It was, I was basically at rotation speed. I was just about to take off. So at that point, it was probably easier to take off than to try to, to slow down and run off into the grass and all kinds of weird stuff. So because um, it happened so fast, mm-hmm. I think I already just started rotating when he he caught up to me and clipped me. Um, so I felt kind of bad, but it was all good. We were, you know, we said, hey, it happens. He didn't realize his had such good acceleration. I guess a little single engine lightweight F-16 can catch up to you pretty quickly. Uh, so, uh, so I was. Was, uh, the, was that the E-Flight 6-cell F-16? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the, the new one they just came out with relatively recently. Yeah, so I think that's less airplane with a lot more power than yours. Uh, yeah, I think he probably has a higher part weight ratio than I do. Yeah, yeah for uh, sure. But I had, I guess I had the mass so that when he did clip me, it didn't really move me mm-hmm. very much. Uh, 
So, but he said, uh, I talked to him a few days ago. He said he already ordered a new fuselage. So he's going to take the guts out of it and stick it in the, the new plane. So, right, cool. It'll be good. But yeah, I had a my first mid, mid ground. I don't think I've ever had one before. <laughs> All right, well, I'm glad it turned out okay for you, at least. Yeah, for me, yeah. It didn't feel bad, but it's all good. So he didn't, no, no he didn't walk over and punch you? No, 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 no. We, we get along real well. Okay, Because it was good. one of my club members. Well, well it's not like it was your fault anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, we had given us... Well, he each... could have been saying, why you, why'd you go take off so yeah. slow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we weren't like, you know, night next to each other. We were pretty well staggered, but we had never done this before, so we didn't realize the disparity in the in the acceleration rates of the two different planes. Yeah. I'm going to say you're not going to do it again either. <laughs> <laughs> you go your way and I'll go mine. Yeah. We take both planes in the middle facing the opposite direction and take off that way. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> the sky ain't big enough for the two of us. Yeah. Which is too bad because it would have been nice to fly around in formation, but oh well. Maybe next time. Well, if the difference was that big on the ground, I wonder how different you guys would have been in the air. Uh, yeah, good point. Although, from what I understand, that F-16 will slow down a lot, even down to high alpha. Yeah, so we're probably, we're probably going to mash up okay in the air. Just, just well, you know around. what? I'm going to pat myself on the back because Fitz and I had a nice... Uh, we flew together just fine. I didn't run to him and he didn't run into me when we uh, flew our seaplanes together at our club. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were yeah. doing touch-and-goes on the water and... We're a nice separation. Doing it just fine. Oh, <laughs> nice Lee, don't you know about karma? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next time, we'll I'll just make sure go. I have a camera on. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. All right. So Terry, what's new on your plate? Well, I right. hadn't planned to talk about this, but you guys uh, talking about your catastrophes reminded me that I crashed an airplane last weekend, and it was not. What my you weren't going to tell us? Well, I just forgot about it. Sort of. Forgot about it? I, rem- I remember it now. <laughs> Y'all weren't going to let me forget about the 337, that's for sure. Yeah. So, last Saturday, National Model Aviation Day, Saturday. Which I didn't um, know until, like, the day was over. Was like, yeah, yeah, they didn't really publicize it beforehand. Um, so, they same did here. too, and I even posted something on our RC Roundtable page. I didn't see it. Yeah, until when the day was almost over. Don't sass me, boy. I flew. <laughs> Terry kind of flew. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, you guys know Mark. Mark has been working on this long, easy model that he got secondhand. Oh, you have my interest. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty big one, too. And foam core wing, sheeted, fiberglass, nice airplane. And I think it had been flown before as nitro. He converted it over to electric and worked it over and made it pretty and all that. He, He always does a good job with that stuff. And uh, he asked me to maiden it, so we took it out to the field, and everything looked good on it. He had the CG set to where it had been marked from the previous owner, so he had a pretty good confidence in that, and had tons of power. So we uh, we took it out there, and I got it off the ground, and it needed a lot of pitch trim, and I was holding pretty much half up elevator to keep it level, so we were going to bring it around and land it and adjust the CG and some of the trim. Anyways, while I'm flying, I'm on the downwind leg of this first circuit and Mark put in a bunch of trim for me. And as I'm coming on to final, I eased off the back pressure to see how the trim was holding. And I'm not quite sure what happened next, but the first thing you know, the airplane is inverted 
nose high and just kind of, it wasn't hanging on the prop because it's a pusher, but it, it's sitting on the prop. And so I tried for, time stood still, as it always does in these situations. I tried getting it to come back over upright and nose down to fly out of it. It became apparent that that wasn't happening because there's no prop wash over any of the control surfaces. And uh, so then I tried to get it going forward inverted to fly out of it. And it wasn't doing anything there either. And so I, uh, it was starting to drift down below the trees. And our field is on a plateau surrounded by tall trees. And it was on the other side of the trees. So once it gets behind the trees, you can't see anymore. So uh, once I got behind the trees, I chopped the throttle and let it go. And You're still uh, inverted? We looking for it. Uh, yes. The last I saw it was still inverted oh, and yeah. nose high. It was kind of sort of just staggered along, nose high, inverted? Yeah, like I said, it was coming in. I was getting ready to land it. And then next thing you know, it's inverted and, and just kind of hanging there. And I'm sure it was moving forward, but I don't know how much. It seemed to me like it was just static and not responding to any of my commands. And uh, it did respond to throttle commands, so I know we had a radio link. But just uh, in terms of the control surfaces, uh, nothing appeared to be... Uh, Causing any so, sort of physical so, reaction. So elevator and roll were non-responsive? Well, the control surfaces might have been moving, but again, with no forward, discernible no, no, forward airspeed and no prop I mean, wash. No, no response to aileron or roll controls. Correct. Okay. No no obvious effect to my inputs. To the flight, to the flight attitude. Yep. Wow. And uh, anyway, so Mark found it and it had actually landed upright <laughs> And it I know have... what that's like. That's <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> curious. Yeah, you so said it needed must... up trim. It needed a lot of up trim, and it's obviously a canard. So, so uh, up elevator trim, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, our first hunch was the CG was probably a little too far forward, and it might yeah, have it needed, like you're maybe didn't have enough much. reflex in the canard. Although the the incidence of the canard is hard molded. I think it's a fiberglass fuselage or uh, whatever it is that was set. So it's not like that was an adjustment he could have got out of whack. But uh, anyway, so we were going to, as I'm flying around, we're talking about the CG. and But it was perfectly flyable and controllable. I mean, I wasn't stressing about anything until it suddenly decided to fly upside down. And again, I don't remember how it got that way. I don't know if it pirouetted or if it rolled or what. Uh, my memory has blocked out that millisecond in time. Because <laughs> it, it sounds odd. So it sounds like it was really nose heavy. But then when it flipped inverted, it sounded like you maybe stalled the main wing or it was in some sort of... Yeah, I guess that would only yeah. happen if you were inverted. The, yeah. the very nature of a canard is to stall the canard first. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm not really sure. And That's funky. So it came to rest, not in the trees, but uh, in a clearing around the trees, came to rest and apparently upright and pancaked in because the main landing gear was splattered flat. And... <laughs> So, and unfortunately, one of the wing panels had cracked uh, pretty thoroughly through the fiberglass, through the balsa. So it was going to be a, a significant repair that I don't think Mark wants to do. So, so as he was carrying it back up, it looked to be mostly intact. But then when he got it close, you could see a lot of the structural damage. So so, so this was a fiberglass model, all of it, or just the wings? And, uh, I'm not sure if all of it is, but uh, it may be. So this is not so, the ARF that came out some years ago. This sounds like maybe the, is that the St. Croix? Made one, it had uh, foam wings, I think you fiberglass. Yeah, I don't know. 
Did it have, did it have foam wings? Yeah, foam sheeted wings, yeah. sheeted and fiberglassed. That sounded like the one. There was a kit back, in, I guess, in the eighties. I think it was and working models rudders. or something like that. Yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. working rudders too. Yeah, yeah. See, mine doesn't have working rudders. Yeah, uh, that's really nice. So anyway, I felt horrible. It was a mystery. I, I mean, uh, that's the only thing that bothers me about it. I don't know what happened. I can accept a crash, especially if it's my fault, but I, I was just flying the thing and it just, uh, I don't understand what happened to make it roll over. So wow. anyway, I felt bad for Mark and it, he was fine with it, but you know, you, you still feel bad when you're the one on the transmitter when something like that happens. Yeah. When you fly with a, yeah. I know so, exactly anyway. how that feels. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So hmm. I might be talking to my butt, but I... Was could it be speed involved? Could you have had something warp or buckle that caused it to suddenly change the, aerodynamically? Yeah, the one theory we had that seems plausible is the the clevis between the servo and the canards was detached when when he got it. And nothing was obviously broken; it was just detached. So we're wondering if maybe that happened in flight, and I suddenly lost pitch control. But I still haven't wrapped my head around how that would have made it go inverted. Unless it, again, just flipped nose over. Because if it was nose heavy and I suddenly lost that back pressure, it maybe is going to tumble forward. But I I don't know. No video? Uh, Actually, he he did take video of the takeoff and the first part of the orbit. But then when I asked him for help with the trims, he put the camera down. So... No video of the incident and no reliable witnesses, myself included. <laughs> wow. So, I'm sorry to hear yeah. that. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, again, the only frustrating part is that we, it's a mystery. So you really don't think he's going to fix it? Uh, no, I don't think so. He's already got plans to move the electronics over. Oh. So, and he got that plane for a good price, so oh. he wasn't heavily invested in it, other than a lot of time and like, things like paint. So you're going to make an offer on it? Me? Yeah. No, no. I have enough projects. Do you <laughs> want to make an offer on it? Uh, logistics of getting it. Mark, if you're listening, Fitz wants your airplane. <laughs> He's visiting us in Buffalo this summer. <laughs> I'd look up the wingspan. He'll come get, oh, it's a big airplane. Yeah. Hey, I'm not sure if the wings come off. But. What kind of power system do you have in it? Do you remember anything? Details? He has a hacker, and I think he was running a five cell on it. And oh, that's not that big. Per his report, it had eighteen hundred watts. Oh, okay. Oh, that's good. And yeah, it was not short on power by any stretch. Hmm. Or noise. <laughs> yeah, even yeah, the real ones you can hear all coming miles away. Yeah. Very distinctive in the air. <laughs> so oh, and the same day I also uh I didn't crash my twin star, but there was an incident with the twin star. So my Twin Star. It's a Twin Star 2 that I upgraded several years ago with brushless motors. And I've kind of rediscovered it recently. I've been flying it, and it's just such a simple and fun airplane. It, there's nothing that it can't do. And these are not crazy powerful brushless motors. I mean, like 2212s or something with 8-inch props. But, man, it just slides on the grass and zooms straight up and just does everything. Well, the thing and so I was speed 400 motors. Yeah, and that's what this one originally had. Fresh so, motors, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's considerably lighter than stock with you know double the power. The the whole thing we talk about with upgrading those older electrics. 
But anyway, you know, it's just the Hershey bar wing four channel airplane. Nothing special about it. It's just middle of the road on everything. And it does so many things. Well, it's just a fun airplane to throw around. So that's what I did. I was uh, flying it with a three cell, like 3,800. So getting 10 plus minutes of flight and doing touch and goes or slide and goes. And then at one point I'm like, Hmm, it seems to be making a funny noise. And so I landed it and then I slid it back to the pits, but, uh, the, the wind did something and it started pointing the wrong way and I couldn't get it all the way back. So I just slid to take off again and I was going to reland and, and taxi into the pits. But right after I took off, one of the motors stopped and then I tried to cycle it and come back up and neither motor would come back. And when I retrieved the airplane, I landed it fine. But when I retrieved the airplane, there was the uh, smell of escaped smoke. Ooh. So, yeah, I had toasted one of my ESCs. And I don't know if I was just pushing it too hard and didn't have enough uh, cooling air, which in stock form is kind of limited on a twin star. Um, and these are old. I mean, they've been in there for uh, I don't know how many years since I did the upgrade. Old uh, Thunderbird 18s. So, mm. yeah, I didn't feel bad about it, but... It, that one's also a bit of a mystery because I've flown that plane. I don't know how many dozen times like that. So what are you going to do? Replace it and fly it again. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll swap out the ESC. And interestingly on that plane, because I've got the speed controls inside the fuselage, obviously the motors are in the wings. I'm using the old Dean's three pin connectors between the motors and speed control. Hmm. And it works pretty well. So I'm thinking about replicating that in my next project that I just started working on, which is one of the puddle masters that I picked up at a swap meet two years ago. You had more and than one? <laughs> yeah. I bought the one at the AMA Expo. That That's the one you guys have seen, the red, white, and blue one. Yeah. That I upgraded to an Axie and with the Yunkers ailerons. And at the swap meet in Canandaigua a couple months later, there were a couple of puddle masters there that I got for a song. And one of them, both have been very well built. It seems that neither one has ever flown. They were uh, taken to 90% complete and then uh, whatever, they stopped working on them. So they were basically ARFs. One of them had been built as a twin speed 400 with the uh, oh. cells, kind of like what Lee did to his electric hub. Mm. So they built nice little balsa nacelles on the wings and put some speed 400s in there. And ailerons as well. And the other one is a standard build that's uh, got the, the motor on a pylon and no ailerons, which is also a good start. But anyway, I am trying to finish up this twin motor one for the neat fair because they've got the pond there and we always have a lot of fun flying off the pond. So I wanted to have something new for that. And this is the one I chose. So I've yanked out the Speed 400s, got a couple uh, 2204 quad motors in there. And I just need to finish up the radio install. The rudder hinge needs a little work, but it's really going to be pretty simple. I hope. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speak of the devil. So I just mentioned the Dean's three pin. I'm not going to be trying those. I decided to try the multiplex connectors because those are six pin. And I think in high amperage applications, you would joined together one or more than yeah. one pin yeah, for a single up. wire. Yeah. But yeah, since I've got two motors with three wires each, I'm going to see if I can use one set of connectors for both motors. That makes sense. I've got six contacts and hmm. six wires. 
So, yeah. I ordered some multiplex connectors online. They got here today. So I'm going to try it out. No questions? That's it? No questions. Cool beans. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Make it so. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's going to be uh, considerably lighter than the stock can 05 seven cell NICAD configuration. <laughs> yeah. So. Lighter and more power. Always good yeah. combination. And uh, I'm sure I'll set it up with differential thrust. The nacelles are pretty far inboard. They they were using six inch propellers on the Speed 400s. Um, so I'm going to be going to five inch. That helps a little bit, but they're not terribly far out. I don't know how much authority differential thrust will have, but it still has the water rudder built into it too. So I think I'll keep both and we'll see what happens. So yeah, there's that project. And there's more. There's more. I have another plane that I'm not sure where this one will fall in the priority list, but it's definitely a cool airplane. And it is, uh, it has an international flair in its story of how I acquired it. Are you curious? Water plane? (laughs) (laughs) You're almost correct. All right. So I'm going to give you the, the shortest version of the story I can muster. So I have a buddy in Canada and like a lot of my RC buddies, I have not actually met this person in person. He was a writer at Fly RC at the same time I was a writer at Fly RC. So one day I was on Facebook and found a, some RC related post and I saw his name as one of the commenters. So I'm like, hmm, that sounds familiar. I wonder if it's the same guy. Reached out. It's the same guy and we've been Facebook friends ever since. So, uh, flashback to a couple of weeks ago, he had found an old Kyosho helicopter on eBay that he wanted to buy. And that helicopter was in the U S but the seller was unwilling to ship it to Canada. So basically I bought the helicopter and shipped it to Canada for him. But do you remember what kind of helicopter was? uh, A Kyosho concept 10 (gasps) new inbox. Was this recently? Yeah. You know, did you drive up the price? No, I I was seriously considering it. Hmm. Yeah, I saw that. I kind of had a hankering. To, there was two helicopters in that size. Was Kyosho made one and Hirobo made one. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, there was the Concept 10 and there was a, a, was it a Shuttle 10 or something. I forgot what it was. But, okay. um, yeah, I'd seen that pop up on eBay and I was seriously tempted. But I was like, no, nah, I got enough projects. Yeah, right. But, How often do you say that to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> but it would have been neat. Plus, plus, I got another small helicopter anyway, so it's not a big deal. But yeah, and I heard they were it, questionable power. They're really kind of they could barely get out of their own way. Hmm. Okay, but still, well, but for novelty of it, it, sounded really neat. So yeah, he was very excited to have it, and it was yeah. a new inbox package. And so, you know, I was happy to help out a fellow vintage Kyosho lover. Mm. Um, but he. Um, he said, let me give you something for your trouble of, you know, uh, bartering this deal for me. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm happy with the positive karma and all that. He's like, nope, I insist. Uh, and by the way, I've got all these old airplane kits here that I need to get rid of anyway. Let me offer you one of those. And I'm like, oh, old airplane kits. You have my attention. <laughs> so uh, I'll take three. <laughs> <laughs> so what I ended up with, speaking of MIGs, is a Camdax MiG-15. Camdax, Camdax. 
Jax. Cam Jax. Sounds familiar. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, don't you have one, Fitz? I thought you were just talking about one recently. No, not a Cam Dax. It's a Alpha. Oh, you got the, okay. So the Cam Dax was popular about 20 years ago, and it's a foamy MiG-15 that included a ducted fan unit with a nitro. I think it's an O61 engine. Oh, and okay. It was like this hugely popular thing for a while. Yeah. And they, I, I think they ended up making a, a glider version, a pusher prop version, and also an EDF version. But it was the nitro version that was uh, the most popular by far. But uh, everybody says they fly great and they're just simple little, you know, you know a MiG 15 is simple anyway. But yeah, I think that uh, they even come with their own electric starter. It's a neat little airplane, pre painted foam. Yeah. Look it up. There's a lot of history on it. Well, yeah. You going to fly it as the 049? Uh, yeah, I think it's an 061. Maybe 061, it's a Norvell right? or something. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think I might. And it recommends 40% nitro. Oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get a kick in the pants. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just a neat little airplane. And it looks like, I, I haven't dug into it yet, but just looking at the drawings, it seems like the pitch control, um, it moves the whole vertical stabilizer to tilt the elevator. You know, a MiG-15 is kind of a T-tail. The, the horizontal yeah. stab is halfway up. So rather than using a flex rod or you know, a high-mounted servo, it looks like they just tilt the whole vertical stabilizer. Back oh, wow. And forth. Yeah, that's what it appears. I, you know, don't take my word for it. But yeah, interesting stuff. So it's a aileron, elevator, and throttle, and it comes with landing gear. So steerable nose wheel is also an option. Oh, really? But I'm yeah. But you know, I fly off a grass field, so I'm just gonna make it a hand toss plane. Yeah, save no the, the weight. Yeah, chuck that sucker. So it has an engine that came with it. Yep, engine, fan, airframe. So is it their own brand, or did they like take a? Norvell or something. I don't know. I'm I'm sure somebody out there knows, and I can probably find out. But yeah, I don't know. But again, this is also a new inbox. When I opened up the package, everything was still wrapped in cosmoline, as they say. So yeah, it's uh, another uh, time capsule. Wow! I'm happy to have it. So that sounds neat. Yeah, just a little bonus. I'm I'm pulling up photos. I'm I'm keeping quiet so I can type. <laughs> but is it uh is it white? Is My it version is silver. Already? I think they they offered an okay. unpainted version, but I have okay. the silver version. Okay, that's uh, that's I see like a red, a silver, and a, a white one. So, all right, cool. Yeah, let me see. I've got the engine here. Let me pull that out and see if it has any sort of markings. On it. <laughs> Come on, get a get a little mini turbine in there. <laughs> do do oh, it they right. Make them, don't they? They <laughs> oh, they make turbines that they, they, they bet they could. <laughs> Get your turbine way that small, but no, they do. I saw a guy do a fun jet like that. I'm not kidding you. Really? Yeah. Huh. So yeah, there's no, there's some sort of insignia on the side of the cylinder. I don't recognize it, but I'm not an expert in this stuff. But it's got a. a some sort of glow plug rather than a glow head and a carburetor with throttle. So, yeah, you just yeah. sh- shoot me a uh, text or a picture when you get a chance. Yeah. Curious. Okay. I will. So cool. does Fitz fuels offer 40% nitro? 
I was going to mention something. I was going to mention offline, but I, I can I can mix you up something. Okay. If uh, I might have a source for some locally, because is it a hassle to ship nitro fuel? Uh, no, I, it just has to be oh, okay. ground, UPS ground. Gotcha. So when I, can, I ask can ship you it to the you questions, easy. liquid, fragile, perishable, and you're like, yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. The U.S. Post <laughs> Office is, is too much of a hassle, but gotcha. uh, I can get it to you pretty easily. Okay, yeah, I'll uh, keep that in mind. And for anybody else listening, Fitz, Fitz <laughs> this is like a tongue twister, Fitz sells fuels. Yep, FitzFuels.com. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm excited yeah. about it. It's something yeah. different. That is awesome. Something old. So that checks both those boxes for me. Yeah, that is, that is neat. Yeah. God, and for some you. reason, I thought you had recently talked about getting something like this as well, but maybe you're right. Maybe it was the Alpha. It was the Alpha one, yeah. Okay. Which I haven't put together. I need to put that together. So, yeah, looking at, uh, I was trying to look up some pictures too. The box looks familiar. So I know I've seen it somewhere, but uh, uh, I'll have, have to go do some more details, see what um, people are. Looks like this is popular for electric conversion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it appears to be. Uh, like a 70 millimeter fan will fit in there, which it's not much airplane for a 70 millimeter fan. So mm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool beans. All right. So I guess you both got something unique, something unique and uh, interesting. Yep. Yep. It all worked out. And uh, last I heard the helicopter arrived in Canada uh, recently and it was in good shape. So you know if he's going to fly it. I don't know. I assume he is, but I, I didn't yeah. ask. I'll, I'll follow up on that. Yeah, follow up. I'm curious. I'll say he beat you out on the on the bidding. No, I didn't actually bid on it. You were just interested. I was extremely interested to start bidding on it. And I had second thoughts, but I was really close on pulling the trigger and starting to bid on it. Yeah. He wasn't giving the thing away, I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah he maybe he that's probably why I didn't. It was like, eh, do I really want to spend that much money on it's kind of a novelty? Yeah. But I, I'm but I'm not giving up. If I see another one that's in a good price range, I might pick it up. All or right, if any cool. listener out there has one or willing to sell, maybe we can do a deal. I thought you didn't need any more projects. Uh, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, you're breaking up. Uh, something must be wrong with just my headphones. Uh, all right. So, Lee... Other than the three 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 seven, what's next on your workbench? Because this would normally be oh crap, it's almost best time. The getting ready. <laughs> that's uh, that's true. <laughs> we would be going. What's on yeah. your What's on your workbench for best? Yeah. Uh, well, right now I've got a three three seven on my workbench. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's old. I news. plan to fly a bit. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Gosh, that's that's a very interesting and caught me completely off guard. I mean, I really have changed my life. I do need to finish the three three. The, excuse me, the Cessna three ten with Austin. I promised him I'd work on that. So hopefully, if the temperatures drop down, I can get back to painting that. Oh, and I'm doing two of those paint projects at the same time, which would be the Kyosho T thirty three. Oh right. I right. finished. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's the like a really rough term for just tossing? Uh, water-based polyurethane. It's like I felt like I was just throwing it at it. Like you know, they do those mud, those big clay statues. They just throw mud off. It's like I a was, Jackson Pollock. Uh, 
Oh yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, so that kind of, it's a mess. I, the nose is nice and smooth, but boy, I got a lot of other areas I got to smooth out, but I, I think it'll be worth it when I'm done. Um, so yeah, the T33, that's on the bench. I I have the Space Walker, the Kyosha Space Walker that I got from Richard that is spread on the table, but I actually took the motor for, that I purchased for that and I gave it to Austin for his cub. Oh, that cub okay. conversion. So oh. I'll need to get some different electronics for that plane. So, you know, I don't know. I really feel like I just need to f- tweak a couple of aircraft. Uh, I did, you know, finish the Corsair. So I'll have that ready for Bomber, which is in, what, a month. It's funny. Um, I just had this vision when you talked about giving Austin your uh, the motor from your uh, spacewalker. And it's uh, maybe a good analogy for parenthood in general. Like uh, I'm at the grocery store and I buy a carton of ice cream with visions of enjoying that ice cream. If I don't get it that first day, that ice cream is gone. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, apparently the same kind of thing happens in your workshop. You, You have visions of buying these products and using them in your models, but other people have different ideas. Man, he's, and does he use my tools? I can't. <laughs> I, I I won't air the conversations we have. I love my son to death, and I, my neighbors often tease me. He goes, you know, I know you get mad at your son for doing that, but you know, those you should cherish those moments. But man, there are days, and my vision's terrible. Okay, oh, yeah. if I don't have my glasses on, like I often will take my glasses off to do work up close, and then when I look up, I can't find my glasses, and I am blind <laughs> as a bat. And the yeah. worst part is, I'm working on something. I reach over to grab where I know I left my needle nose pliers I look up they're not there I'm look to my left they're not there I look behind and then I have to get up and go all right now I gotta find my glasses again because I know <laughs> my needle nose pliers are over on his bench but yeah. I digress I think your your analogy is perfect though because had I installed it in the spacewalker I probably wouldn't have removed it right. but then I looked at it and said well I'll give it to him now. I'll get myself something else. So yeah, I can and imagine that there'd be several planes that he builds because I'm giving him my stuff. Yeah. And uh, to be clear, I'm not saying that uh, either of us are not happy to share our ice cream or motors, but uh, there is a sense sometimes that uh, you live with locusts. <laughs> <laughs> and I just good. try to remind myself that I was once the locust. So, Oh, man. He's, I, you know what? The good news is he's usually pretty decent at asking, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like to, to get something of significant value, like, hey, dad, I need an extension or dad, I need a servo and then we'll get it together. But mine is that he just leaves things on the ground. Like he'll leave <laughs> knives or the needle nose players or wrenches or, you know, especially trash. Like when he's working on a flight test kit and he starts shaving things off, the shavings are everywhere. No. You know, he just leaves it there. I'm glad he's talented and he's skilled to do that stuff, but you know, he's got, he's got to learn to clean up his mess afterwards. Yeah. But that's funny. Yeah. So, um, that, and I, and you, it's funny because you just, you made me think that the, one of the first thoughts in my head was I want to help him finish his airplane. Yeah. So just hope he doesn't need a kidney soon. <laughs> You've got mine. two. <laughs> I've got two. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, that's about it. I don't think I have anything else, but just wait for another episode. I'm sure I'll come up with something else. It has been hot. I don't know. Uh, Fitz can vouch, but 
Terry, it has been so hot here. I have had zero desire to go outside, even though my workshop is air conditioned. Just the walk from my house to that door. <laughs> it is awful just, down here. So yeah. It is. Just a melt just going from one uh, from the house to the garage. It's like a ra- You know how like, you race to the car if it's raining? You know, so you had to get in the car. Well, we race to the car to turn it on. And I, <laughs> I'm going to say, I was a non-believer on auto start for your car. You know, yeah, yeah. but darn it, I use that thing a lot now to get my car cooled down before oh, I run over and get in it. That's so funny. It's popular up here for the opposite reason. <laughs> right. To warm it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, off topic, off topic. Yeah. So Fitz, I hope you get to cool down your garage. Terry, I hope you get to do some more flying. Yeah. yeah. This is tis the season right now up here. So yeah, hopefully I can get out and uh, the neat fair is in a month. And uh, all indicators still point to that being a go. All right. We've got a good group of people that are uh, planning to, uh, I guess, tent together. We have a, one of those pre-set-up tents right along the flight line, even bigger than the one last year. You're, you're going to practice social tenting? Yep, actually, they do. there are rules for that of maintaining mm-hmm. distance. And I think there's actually mask rules um, outside. Mask. So they're not ignoring the situation. But uh, also not uh, canceling things because because of it. So okay, good. He's still yeah. going. Yeah. So um, yeah, hopefully that'll be a go, and I'm able to get out there and experience it again. Okay. Well, I think we've uh, really said enough for today, and uh, appreciate everybody listening in to us. This episode's even longer than the last one, unless yeah, we cut man, out a pretty good chunk of it. This is a long one. Eh. I'll, I'll I'll take out the FAA stuff. We, we don't need that. <laughs> we don't need that kind of negativity in our lives. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna like say, here's the talk about FAA. Beep, and then just cut <laughs> cut right into three three seven. They suck. End of story. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening in on us, and uh, we will see you next time. Check our website and social media for links to the topics we covered today and of course our occasional videos of our various antics as we try to attempt to fly our models especially the ones that are made out of plastic <laughs> and we've actually received several emails in the past couple of weeks from listeners who gave us ideas for things to talk about gave us uh, praise for things that they particularly liked in past shows and uh, we really appreciate that so yes. keep them coming we share our projects on here, but we encourage you to share yours as well, either on our Facebook page or via email or whatever, or you can call Lee and talk about it. So, uh, yeah, interact with us. We're here. 1-800-RC-ROUNDTABLE. <laughs> Operators are standing by. Send money. You know what? How about we do this? Those of you who have made it this long, I'm just going to do this right now. Here we go. Mm-hmm. He's about to give something away. I am about to give something away. I just made this up, and Terry and Fitz hate when I do this, but... We realized we have run out of stickers. I'm about to place an order. Uh, the first five emails we get to contact at rcroundtable.com that say new RC Roundtable stickers. That's the, that's the subject line. New RC Roundtable stickers. I will grab those and I will send you guys one. So just uh, put your address down there and say, gimme, gimme, gimme. And I will I will take out five and send them to you ASAP. Oh, wow. There you go. Man, aren't you generous? Wait, is what it is. I'm generous too because we're probably paying for half of it. So, oh, <laughs> I just I just hit click and sent you the bill. <laughs> Congratulations. We're all generous. Happy Christmas to everybody. Yeah. Or whatever. There you go. Solstice Day or whatever. 
<laughs> it was <laughs> we had National Model Aviation Day, but wasn't there National Aviation Day? I think there was. Yeah, so uh, happy that Thank, happy both happy, of them. Happy aviation. Happy aviation. Day. Happy hey. day. Happy day, happy day. Happy, happy, well, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, 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 happy. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com, where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts, where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.